Hello and welcome to Caged In, the podcast where week by week I go film by film through the career of Nicolas Cage to find out if he is the man of steel or he is just a ho-dunkum country bumpkin actor who doesn't deserve a minute of your time. What I would usually do on the podcast is ask my guest, are they a Nick Cage fan? What was their first Nick Cage film and which is their favourite? However, this episode was recorded a while ago before I stumbled across or came up with that kind of format for the podcast. So this one won't have that. I was joined on this week's episode to talk about Teen Titans Go to the Movies by film critic and podcaster Clarice Lockery. So unfortunately, you don't get to hear what was Clarice's first and favourite Nick Cage film. However, you do get to hear whether she is a fan or not. This one was super fun to record. It was a lovely conversation. I could have talked to Clarice for hours and hours, especially about this film, because it is such a joyful watch. However, we go into this film in spoilerific detail. So if you haven't seen it, and would like to, before listening to our thoughts on it, please check out the show notes where there is a document which will tell you if and where the film is streaming. With all of that out of the way, there's one thing left to do, and that's to get raging with Cage. This week... I'll be talking about Teen Titans Go to the Movies, released in 2018, is the uh, large screen adaptation of the Nickelodeon, no, oh bloody hell, Nickelodeon, I'm getting my childhood all mixed up guys, it is of course the Cartoon Network TV show based upon the DC property, but I'm not here to talk about that alone, I am here joined by the chief film critic for The Independent, who is also a regular stand-in for Mark Commode on the BBC Radio 5 Live Commode and Mayo film show. And I am very, very pleased to say I have Clarice Lockery with me today. How are you, Clarice? Hello, I'm so good. <laughs> Thank you. How are you? <laughs> I, I'm very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just talking before recording about how weird times we're living in and how we've just had to weirdly adapt to what, what what's going on like yeah yeah <laughs> having to adapt to just never seeing people ever so i'm currently at kind of like the great gardens stage of uh quarantine so i'm not full like the shining yet but we're getting there <laughs> very slowly so yeah i'm currently living with my parents and i i i, I constantly on a day-to-day -day basis find myself in like very bizarre situations just kind of forgetting where I am my my mum openly asked last night um from reading something on Facebook uh what is Pornhub and I I I I, oh, no. I, I, I answered way too quickly for someone uh to obviously that led to a whole host of other questions that a 29 year old man shouldn't be answering to his mum. <laughs> I mean is there not a little bit of a hint in the does she know what porn is? 
I, 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 I believe so. Uh, but that, 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 that's a, that's a whole other podcast in itself, I guess. <laughs> I just feel like Pornhub, it's a hub of porn. It kind of explains itself. I don't, like, <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't know how to answer that question. It's in the name. Yeah, it was very much me red face going like, well, yeah, I've, I've, I've heard about it on, on, on the internet and pe- people talking about it in films. Like, that the, yeah. <laughs> but, I assume um, it contains pornographic content. Yeah. <laughs> this seems like a very bizarre start to talking about Teen Titans go to the movies. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a strange segue, but, you know, we can work with it. First, yeah, first of all, I'd like to say what a joyous film this is. And thank you so much for picking it as something to discuss today. Because as of current, it is raining, drizzly and disgusting outside. And this was a big ray of sunshine into my morning today. So thank you, Clarice, for picking this film. I just love this movie. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it when it came out and I was you know for weeks just telling everybody like look blah 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 marvel universe whatever blah 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 you have to go see teen titans go to the movies it's a masterpiece it's fantastic it's great i mean i honestly this is my deadpool that's the only way i can put it teen titan goes to the movies is like deadpool for me specifically well yeah it's got that it's got that massive riff on on deadpool itself hasn't it because uh slade uh, for for those of you at home who might not know, is Deathstroke? I think in like the DC universe, but obviously a kids' film. Well, I think the Teen Titans franchise has never used the name Deathstroke because it just sounds horrible for kids. But um, mm. he he like Deadpool is a direct um, rip off of that character, just to really like punch home the fact that he's just meta and taking the piss so it's it's almost glad that this goes full circle and like um pokes fun back at the marvel like franchise basically yeah although i one of my favorite jokes in this is when they where they all first meet slade and they think mm. that he's deadpool yeah, yeah yeah and one of them goes look into the camera and say something inappropriate and you're like <laughs> That's just what Deadpool is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got him in five words. <laughs> so, like, the, the plot for this film, I thought, is, considering it is, uh, like, a comic book uh, movie as such, like, um, it gets something that a lot of the comic book films, like the, the live action, don't really get, and it's, like, they get the team aspect done really well. Like, they all, like... I don't you believe in them as a team and you like them as a team it's not so much I don't know I guess it's because DC are very po-faced with their output and this is just so so fun and like as I said a ray of sunshine it's it's bloody brilliant and also they don't have to bother with any of the the backstory it's not no. like Suicide Squad where we have to spend 25 minutes just meeting everybody because they just introduce themselves in a rap and it's which, great so you're which, like i instantly understand who all of these characters are thank you <laughs> and in case you forget it they will they, they they will do it at any given opportunity which is like I, I i do not i do not tire from hearing any of the the songs in this i believe like the michael bolton song will be going on hard rotation uh for the next couple of weeks if i'm feeling feeling sad <laughs> 
I can give you a bit of a behind the scenes of entertainment because I was on the show when this movie came out and I was yeah. reviewing it and I was with Edith Bowman who also just loves it and every time that <laughs> they cut to the news we were at the desk just going Dee Dee Titans go Teen Titans go <laughs> like the, that full day was just the Teen Titans day we were just singing it to each other for like a full like three hours so that it's just it's so catchy yeah it's a good way to like I, I guess yeah if there's some way I can have this as a as like an alarm tone it's definitely going to get me out of bed in the morning like because it is all, all the music in this I think is great even like the the cues they steal from other things like with the uh, rearrangement of the uh, Back to the Future score at one point with again one of the best um, forms of like time travel I've ever seen with the uh, rad rad little um, trikes that they have it, it's 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 truly inspired inspired like uh, uh, <laughs> that 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 moment is just yeah. It's just lovely. It's just all lovely. Like I can't. I, I don't know. I just feel like I'm like gushing about how lovely this film is, and uh, I'm probably not pro- probably not making a terrible amount of sense to people at home. <laughs> I think what I what really gets me like the reason that this movie just really <laughs> had me obsessing for several weeks is that it is very sweet and very lovely and you know it has the essence of those because I feel like uh writing in children animation at the moment on tv is is so great I mean I'll be honest I'm not really watching these shows but what I've seen of like Adventure Time and Mm -hmm. um The Amazing World of Gumball like they get really fantastic writers on these shows and they're making the sort of I don't know they're making the sort of like um intelligent referential uh sort of ironic jokes that you would be expecting on stuff like you know community and arrested development but it's all these little tiny shows for kids and i don't know i love whatever movement this is and i think teen titans go is sort of very much fitting into that movement and so what i love about this is that it's got all the sparkle and the fun and the you know friendship is important friendship is great but then you have like certain moments in this film that are just straight up wild and dark comedy writing around thinking particularly of after the upbeat inspirational song is ended they're driving in a car and they're just going upbeat inspirational song (laughs) and Michael Bolton is singing as the tiger (laughs) and then it ends because they they drive over him and they stop the car and then Cyborg goes I think it's dad's a cop. Run! <laughs> Which is just so funny and dark. And yeah. like, why is that in a kid's movie? But it's amazing. Like, who wrote, I would like the name of the person who wrote them so I could give them like an award because that floored me. Well, what's good about this is it was actually like written and directed by the same guys who do the TV show, which I guess like, a lot of the times quite rare right when it cut like you kind of it kind of ends up well with a lot of like adaptations get get go into other hands but like you're saying about the like dark moments it's littered with them and like some of them are great like for example um when they have to go back in time because they're told by an exec 
the only way that they'll get a Teen Titans movie made is if there's well they they misinterpret the fact that they're like if you have an arch nemesis or there's no superheroes so the way that they off essentially superheroes uh uh for instance oh, um aquaman by putting um like the plastic you get from uh, a four four pack of like cans of beer into the ocean and he gets tangled up or when they have to do the reverse to make sure that they had their origin story is pushing the Wayne family into Crime Alley and making sure that Martha Wayne has her pearls on. Yeah, they is, put the pearls yeah. on and then they shove him in there. Yeah, yeah. And then you hear like several gunshots. Yeah, and it's moments <laughs> like that. And I think it's it's a testament to the fact that uh, writing for children is it's not as patronising as it used to be. Like, you know, I don't know, yeah. I guess like I watch a lot of kids stuff because I have I have a one-year-old he doesn't understand it but in my logic I'm just vetting all the stuff that I will want to watch when he's old enough I'm not sure if that's uh, poor parenting or just uh, a grasp at my sanity in later life so Teen Titans the TV show is something I have I have lost a couple of hours to just just doing that um but there's yeah the voice cast in this um, again like there's there's a little bit of everything for everyone right like in that you have some of like you have some real big like nerd like kind of well not nerds themselves but like people from like kind of comic book culture like Will Wheaton I believe voice who I mean I'm sure he would confess that he is a nerd yeah 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 <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just treading lightly Will Wheaton is like king no I'm sure he would like yeah, yeah. embrace that title he's king of the nerds Will Wheaton and Pat Oswalt like secondary yeah. king of the king of the nerds as Adam Man he's called yes. Adam Man right the very yeah, yeah. very small one yeah because um it's like again this film's littered with so many like just visual jokes and like bears for repeat viewing because there's just so much stuff in the background um like in regards to like film posters i think his um like film uh title is up and atom and like it's just something i picked up on and like i want to go back already and just watch watch it again just to see all of that kind of little bits and pieces like in the background that's fantastic and obviously the biggest well for marvel fans that the biggest cameo you'll ever get but they managed to get a stan lee cameo which is great right yeah yeah because that must be the i'm i'm assuming the only time that stan lee ever cameoed in a dc movie yeah yeah and presume and he does it with like so much so much gusto and like the the, the the cameo is just ridiculously referential and um really funny like i i, I did some digging to see if uh, obviously imdb spurts all this trivia and jack kirby left um marvel and worked for dc at one point and actually wrote a character who was uh, like a a kind of comical bad guy based on stanley so there was always like a way he could have like cameoed in the dc universe in not being himself if that makes sense i see yeah which is bizarre (laughs) let me just be myself (laughs) which i appreciate that they tried to fit in obviously in terms of rights 
they only had the rights to the DC characters, but I like how they did their best to try and include Marvel. So you've got Deadpool, there's a reference to Guardians of the Galaxy, there's Stan Lee, there's like a couple of other things which you can tell it's like, well, that's as far as they could go before, you know, Disney got on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, hold up. <laughs> they make cool little references to loads of stuff. Um, uh, when, like, they first find the Doomsday device and it's being guarded by Superman, um, they, uh, I believe Cyborg says... I or, or no, Robin says you can't, you can't, no, you can't, you can't fight him. He's a national treasure, and obviously, like uh, to the key. Oh my Nick- god, I, <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. Sorry, because <laughs> it's it's Nicholas. Oh my god. Yep. As as Clarice <laughs> twigged god. right there for the key near listener, <laughs> voiced by That's Nicholas stupid. Cage. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that is no. a revelation to me. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> which Very like it's stuff like that throughout this film that's just, just makes it so, so enjoyable. It doesn't feel crowbarred in that it's a joke for, for the parents or anything like that. It works. It just it the line works on its own merit anyway. But like if you know that, it's a nice little kind of, you can give yourself a nice little nerdy pat on the back, like like I did. Cause, I love Nick Cage. <laughs> um, also, um, this is something I only noticed the second time. Did you notice that there is a Harry Potter reference? No. What's the... I, when, I... So a lot of this film is set in the Warner Brothers studio yes. lot. And it's very, very close to the end where there's a big chase sequence. And just to kind of fast forward to the end, <laughs> but all the superheroes are under the spell of the doomsday device and they're trying to track down the teen Titans and they're like rushing through on a golf cart and they, they burst through one of the, uh, into one of the studio buildings and it's uh, Hogwarts <laughs> through the great hall. Like it's kind of hard to notice because they go through it very quickly and it's not like Harry Potter's there, but if you see it, it's like the very log tables <laughs> with the windows and the, like, it's definitely meant to be Hogwarts, which I thought was cute. Cause I guess, yeah, I guess there's one of brothers and yeah, they reference the Animaniacs as well. Yeah, of course. With the famous um, Warner brothers water tower, right? Yeah, yeah, because also they. I used to love anime. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you're such a good show. <laughs> I believe they're bringing it back, so I think <gasps> I think you're in for you're in for a treat. I, I I guess like everything at the moment though, it's put on a firm hold. Um, I weird. I think because um the current coronavirus is just in my brain, twenty three seven. I do take an hour off. Um, I couldn't help but like find a connection weirdly with a moment in this film in the fact that um all of the kind of household name superheroes at one point get put into isolation whilst the teen titans take down um uh slade and then when they come out of ice for the moment they cut the moment they come out of isolation they start an applause for the teen titans um, which just weirdly it just mi- just mirrors what is going on uh, in in Great Britain at the moment with yeah uh, I love clap- that bit <laughs> sorry <laughs> they get sent into like an endless void and I love that you made the connection of like it's just like what we're going through we are also 
in an endless void of no time and space for anything. Uh, yeah, we are floating in the ether. It I, makes sense. I've weirdly been finding connections uh, to what's going on um, with with all the films I've been watching recently. Um, I watched Astro Boy, and I couldn't I couldn't help but um, think that there's a moment in it that there's a there's a father trying to homeschool his son and struggling, and I was like, that's a lot of parents right now. It's set in a dystopian future with like uh, mass class divides. I was like, oh, this, this is a kid's film. You're supposed to be enjoying this, Petros. Why are you, yeah. <laughs> why are you, Pat, why are you making connections to what's going on in the world? Um, I get that, though. I'm just yeah, yeah. getting very agitated whenever people uh, hug or in, or in crowds. It's, it's, if there's like ever a scene in a nightclub, I'm like, come home. <laughs> I watched Ocean's Eleven uh, last night and any scene inside of a... Um, casino is just i i i kind of see it like uh, like the predator and uh, but i can see the bacteria moving around and it is terrifying mm-hmm. <laughs> um one yeah one thing i wanted to uh, say is did you notice uh, that nicholas cage isn't the only cage in the voice cast of this film yes because it's his son right is is it cal l Kalel, yeah. Several sons, yes. Yes. So Kalel, <laughs> yeah. Kalel Cage, famously named after Superman, uh, his real name on his home planet of Krypton is Kalel. Uh, so this is kind of, in many ways, it's kind of become full circle for Nick Cage, uh, considering in the nineties he was supposed to star in Tim Burton's. Um, the, de- the death of Superman, and it it feels for me like somebody who's paid yeah very probably too much close attention to Nicolas Cage's career and investigated <laughs> what happened with that film. That it's nice of the the writers or like casting, I, yeah, or directors of this film to to get Nicolas Cage to play Superman. It's it's kind of that it's come full circle, and it's. Unfortunately, this is probably the only the only way in which we will see Nicolas Cage as Superman, but it's still something something special. Uh, yeah, considering his his history with it and somebody himself who is a massive comic book fan. And I appreciate. I think what is quite like illuminating about his performance in this is that he really does take it seriously. I mean, he he plays Superman like completely straight. He's not doing it like as a Nicolas Cage performance. Like he, there's like no weirdness with the lines. He's just kind of committed to the character. And I guess it's quite sweet. Cause it's like, look, this is how I would have played Superman. Doesn't it sound great? And he, it sounds like he would have been a great Superman. Cause he, he has quite a, I don't know. I feel like he has quite an authoritative voice. Mm, yes. He's like, I'm Nicholas Cage. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yes, please tell me about justice, you know? And I, I like that he just he just went straight with it. Even I feel when... like the only weird bit is when he, what do you say, like goof, goofus, goofers? Yeah, goof? but I, I, I think that my, my interpretation of Superman is that he would, he wouldn't have the, the coolest put downs. He kind of would be, I don't know the best way to describe it, like a, like a Ned Flandersy type in that like because he's so straight laced and so down the line that he would probably call you like a, a your goofball 
Like, I, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess that's my interpretation of, of Superman. Weirdly, a character I, I, I don't tend to enjoy because he is so good. Oh, he's so boring. <laughs> Sorry. You, no offense to any actor no. who has ever played Superman. You all tried, but Superman is an incredibly boring character mm. to me. Yeah, so, somebody who can do no wrong ever and can basically do everything is that that that's that's never fun. And the, you mentioned like the straight delivery that Nicolas Cage gives us, uh, Superman. One of the best lines is he delivers so straight down the barrel is um, fighting through explosive diarrhea. What a champ. <laughs> yeah. And he just like, he's like, I'm not going to do anything weird with this line. I'm just going to say it as it is. And I just really appreciated that. Because um, it makes you realize that like every other, this is the thing. People think that, Nicolas Cage acts like that in films because he can't help it but like I think this film is proof is that it's proof that every other weird Nicolas Cage performance is a very much intentional you know it's a choice as an actor's choice to approach the character so, in that way yeah that, that 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 is that is true I recently spoke to a um a data journalist uh Walter Hickey who did a like sprawling piece on Nicolas Cage uh, to find out basically imperatively what what makes him as he is and like went through interviews and stuff like that and everything everything is a choice like even the even the films that aren't necessarily hits or or a bit more bizarre they are they are they are choices and obviously like sometimes choices don't land like like in everything i guess but he makes he makes those choices and like occasionally they really do pay off as like re yeah recently watching a lot of his films like uh kick-ass another film where he got to it's weird you can't like what actor has played essentially batman superman and spider-man Oh, <laughs> that's true. He's living the dream. Yeah, like like th this. Th I think this is a weird film, uh, Teen Titans, in that it's I believe it's this, um, Mandy, and then Spider Man into the Spider Verse as like his uh, like a a free film run, which like you couldn't you couldn't think of anything di like vastly different than that yeah I guess <laughs> well, like I kind of think of Nicolas Cage often as like you take Willem Dafoe mm -hmm. and you just like you just keep cranking because he's got like <laughs> Willem Dafoe has that similar energy where it's like every every performance is slightly wired and like he he will also crank himself up and turn himself down you know to try like you compare like the florida project to the lighthouse and like <laughs> the two very different willem defoe's um and but then like willem defoe had had similar things where he was just like he was just the green goblin for a while and i f i always find that weird <laughs> i don't know i find that weird to think about in the in light of like his entire filmography 
and it's like oh he did all this stuff and then also he was just the green goblin because you know yeah like like nick 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 cage like yeah you have like some years you'll have a national treasure and then he's doing in between the two national treasure films you think there's like the wicker man like came out in between those films and like what again what like worlds 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 apart from and um i'm i can't like you mentioned the lighthouse i can't help but think what the lighthouse would have been like if it was nicholas cage instead of willem dafoe <laughs> i'm waiting for him to get that kind of film though for someone for someone like a robert eggers or i don't know ariaster to kind of get a hold of him and make something truly truly bizarre i know mandy kind of yeah color out of space was like very close yes but i yes. feel like he just didn't he needs like the a24 mm, yes yeah yeah. this is uh, the thing because he's never done like an a24 movie before right no no uh, yeah i no he hasn't you no know, it's I... like uncut gems he needs an uncut gems yes because <laughs> like you know adam sandler was kind of in a similar position and then you did uncut gems and now we just like love adam sandler <laughs> I I recently saw a like clip. I think it was from the Independent Spirit Awards of Nicolas Cage in a fantastic white leather jacket, um, hugging um, Josh Safdie, and my my insides just lit up with joy, and I could just like immediately took to Twitter and just added the Safdie brothers and said. Nicholas Cage comes back for revenge for the death of his brother Howie, and that was it. Oh my God. That 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 that's what I want. Like kind of Nicholas Cage as a deadbeat kind of New Jersey scumbag who's just found out about it. like no no explanation. Like you don't even know till half hour in that it's even related to Uncut Gems. It or or not even that. Just yeah, th- those two to get a hold of Nicholas Cage would be fantastic. Come on, A24. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> so, yeah, are you, are you, a, like, weirdly, like, are you a Nicolas Cage fan? Like, I feel like there's, he, he can be quite a Marmite um, actor to a lot of people. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I'm really interested mm. by him and his acting. And like, I, I don't think of him as like a, I don't know. I I do think that everything he does is deliberate, and I res- I respect any actor that's really take kind of taking interesting choices, <laughs> and and really put like he puts his everything into every single role. And I feel like, however you feel about his movies, you have to have some sort of baseline respect for that at least. You know, it's yeah. kind of like Danny Trejo, and Danny Trejo just every, he does every movie, but then you <sighs> see him and you're like, yeah, but you're still you know you're in that moment. You're doing what we want to see Danny Trejo do, and you know you're putting the work in, <laughs> and you respect that. <laughs> yeah, for so, for someone who's had uh, what close to a thirty year career to to have plus a hundred films is staggering, really. Like it's it's crazy. Like again, speaking to yeah uh, this uh, Walter Hickey, he said that like obviously on a on a purely numbers basis like 
as a data journalist, you look for like high volumes to of numbers to work with, and it's like Nicolas Cage just jumps out to you because over a hundred films is is insane, and like people of his generation, I don't, I can't help but sometimes think what a different career he may have had if he had had I don't know made different choices or le- less choices, as it were. Like um, I'm, I'm trying to think who. Yeah, around that time, even like the, the Tom Cruises, Matt Dillons are all all of a similar age and kind of were all in. Yeah, I think they all kind of have a crossroads where they all meet in like the uh, um, the oh, what are they? Uh, Rumblefish and uh, the Outsiders. That kind of there's that weird crossroads mm-hmm. for all of them, and it just seems like Nicolas Cage looked down that road that was like you know you see in films or like animation especially like the, the one the one road where it, the 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 rain's falling and there's a storm cloud and everything looks mental nicholas cage went yes please i'm getting on my fiery motorbike my my head's going to turn into flames and i'm taking taking that road please i guess cuz he's a coppola and i feel like the coppolas as a family unit i love them cuz they never <laughs> They never take the easy road. No. <laughs> it's like if you you take all those family members together and they're like collective work, it is fascinating. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. what an interesting family. And yeah. yeah, it kind of that that's how I fit him into, you know, he is part of that dynasty and he he does what that dynasty does. Yeah, that that's another fascinating one. Uh, like that just that family tree. I think like very early on whilst in this podcast, I, I or before even just looking at the Coppola family tree and you see obviously Roman and Jason Schwartzman, obviously Sophia Coppola and the, the, the patriarch of the family, um, Francis Ford Coppola. It's just, it's just insane. And that, that again, like that, that leads me down the thing of, Oh yeah, of course he's cousins with Jason Schwartzman. And then you think, imagine Nicholas Cage, like kind of falling in, with him and how he always works with Wes Anderson and doing doing a turn in a, in a in a Wes Anderson film, I always think like would be another uh, in, inspired inspired casting choice because I think he would I feel do something. Like Wes Anderson <laughs> would hate him because <laughs> like, you know Wes Anderson is so much like control. Yes, like and then <laughs> Nicolas Cage comes in like blah. <laughs> I refuse to be symmetrical. I feel like Wes Anderson would lose his mind. Well, I think it is that thing, like a lot of the time, I think it happens with a few actors, like like um, like Johnny Depp, prime example. I, I think Mark always talks about it on Wittertainment, about the fact that if he's not kind of controlled, like with the Pirates of the Caribbean films, if the director doesn't say, like, do this, he will just go off and do what he wants and i i think nicholas cage is like that that if he gets a good director and i guess material that is is not, not worthy is probably the wrong term but like something that you can you can like bite your teeth into obviously this 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 film is obviously just a, a voice role but it shows restraint and even even yeah uh film of what recently kick-ass like when he's not the crazy big daddy character he he is quite a restrained calm man basically 
Yeah, I guess I always think <laughs> of it like I think it's it's often hard. I struggle to say like X Y Z person is a bad actor yes, because yes. I find so often it is about finding you know the director and the actor partnership in which you know the director is, is knows what to do with that actor because I think like pretty much. I don't know. I feel like so pretty much any famous actor you can name, there is always going to be a way that you can use them that just makes sense and and works and like really brings the best out of them. Um, I don't know. I don't want to be mean and like choose an example, but no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do that. All, all the liable stuff, I'm happy to take on. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess like okay, if you take like Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. who I think has often been accused of like not being a great actor but then you see the way that he's used in The Man from Uncle and and like the way that his sort of charm and that suaveness and there is a little bit of coldness often to his performances and the way that that's manipulated in that movie and he's fantastic in that and then if you look at like The Witcher and the way that they use his sort of like gruffness mm. <laughs> and it's perfect and he's great in both of those movies but if you just like plonked Henry Cavill into like any old nonsense then yeah maybe he's not going to deliver a great performance because he's one of those actors that you really have to like know how to use and know how to use his best of his ability so and I think yeah Nicolas Cage is very much the same kind of thing because if you find him the right role and the right kind of environment and the right vibe and the right artistic vision then he's like he's really fantastic yeah like i guess i guess we like i I don't know like dream of these these a24 or these yes like safety brothers projects nicholas cage but i do not fear i do feel like he is just going to become like the 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 king of the the beat the the modern day B movie as such, like the, the kind of ultra violent, like whether it be a Mandy or um, I don't know, in a way he's kind of become the modern day Charles Bronson in that, like he kind of does these straight to DVD, like death wish style films, like that some of them are quite interchangeable. Like man, man looks angry with explosions behind him, like posters single word titles like vengeance and stolen uh, th- these are actually nicholas cage <laughs> film titles i'm not just making these up <laughs> wait what's the one with nicole kidman trespass and it's the one with the trespass yes directed what by a... joel schumacher i believe oh uh... my god yeah what a terrible <laughs> movie <laughs> again nicole kidman so fantastic in so many other movies and you put her in that and it's like yeah ah, <laughs> what I, well, are you I, doing i think we're going to get like peak cage um next year or where it, whenever it comes out and that he's doing a film where he plays himself called um i think it's the um it's got a very very long time oh the unbearable weight of massive talent uh, is scheduled I love it. I love it already. <laughs> for 2021. So yeah, uh, I guess uh, I, I I guess that we, we, I don't know. We'll either see a new a new wave in his career, like a new a new generation, or yeah, a new beginning for him, or it will just be the the peak, and that that's it. Like where he might just go, I've I've, I've done it all. 
Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, where where can I go from playing myself? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think he'll stop after that. No, no, of course he won't. Of course he won't. But, um I feel like we've veered so far away from um Teen Titans Go uh down this weird Nicolas Cage rabbit hole. Um but yeah. I was sold on Teen Titans within I think two minutes, if that. I think the moment I knew that this was a big slice of me is when um the villain at the start the big balloon man voiced by greg davis uh of of of, of all people not, not 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 that greg davis is not worthy of the role just just a very again like a choice whilst looking through the credits going oh wow i like greg davis he does he, he, he yeah he does a lot. He does a lot of cool stuff. But how? How is how is like a kind of British household name in this? And um, I think it's when uh, somebody puts a pin in his bum, and there's a good I don't know like a fart gag that lasts maybe a minute and a half. I was like, right, this is this has got it all. This is like I I know I'm I, I know I'm in good company here. Uh, I, yeah, and that—that's how—that's how much it. I, maybe that's something to say to my sensibilities, or just how stir crazy I'm going at the moment. No, it's good to see a movie <laughs> that appreciates that butts are funny. Yeah, like there's yeah. a lot of butt waggling, which I enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there is, isn't there? There's a lot of there's a lot of um, below the belt humor, uh, even with. Well, yeah, uh, should we? briefly talk about those inspired uh trailers they have from uh jade wilson who shows like almost like a a, a comic-con style like uh hall h presentation of here's what we've got slated for the next couple of years and we get to see like the alfred film that which came true. This is yes. what <laughs> drives me crazy because there's that Alfred TV show, and it's like, did you not watch Teen Titans go to the movies? Like yes. the thing you made was meant to be a joke. But yeah, isn't he like a real Cockney geezer in that as well? I think I've seen trailers of that, and he seems like he's supposed to be a rough and tough and a double R. Oh, he's like James Bond. <laughs> They're like, oh, he used to be in like. This he, oh, what was it? what's like I don't know some like tough military yeah. British military service dude thing and it's like <laughs> he's a butler. <laughs> he's why would some like expert combat man be a just be like I'll be a butler now. <laughs> Let me just be a butler because Alfred doesn't really like do action stuff in any of the most of the Batman movies or at least the Batman things that I have watched. He's just there like. Yeah, I Mr. Think Wayne, shall I shine your shoes? <laughs> you don't need like twenty years of combat service to shine Bruce Wayne's <laughs> shoes. I don't understand. I get. I guess it comes in handy though because they have such high um, standards of of shoe shining in the army. Maybe it's like I've, I've I've shined shoes. I've been managed to keep my keep my bed looking nice and tidy. Keep my uniform tidy. Like. I like a uniform. I'll, I'll, I'll wear a three-piece suit and, and and serve a spoiled brat. 
All the murdering stuff. Forget yeah, 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 yeah. Totally forgotten about it. All those skills gone. Gone. Yeah, yeah. Shining. <laughs> um, and the, I think the second trailer we get is just for the Batmobile again, which is fantastic. Like it's 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 just so it's just so crackers that stuff. And then the utility belt, which like later on in the film, there's uh, a billboard for it. But it's just Batman with no trousers on and like you can just see pants and it just says like the movie on his crotch. Which mm. like <laughs> And is it is it Robin's song that's like that's a lot of booty shaking in that, right? Yeah, but it's just like when you're a kid, butts are just funny. Yeah, 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 they are. And especially... I appreciated the like general acknowledgement like butts are funny. And little baby Superman is a bit talking at one point. <laughs> yes up. he does doesn't he yeah because they play the the like the kind of score in this is really interesting for me because like normally i would i don't i don't tend to like i don't i don't it kind of seems like a a step on from like chip tune like that kind of sound isn't it like kind of i i, I guess it's very similar to the Le- the lego movie soundtrack in that kind of very processed um like synthesizers and stuff like that does that that make sense yeah but i love the lego movie soundtrack yeah i do as well i'm I'm just saying like (laughs) like the no no this film yeah it's like kids bop yes yes like kids bop but like great (laughs) like these are tunes play them in the club yes please like I think this film hand in hand works like like as a double bill like yeah rainy saturday lego movie this is perfect mm. right well you could do like lego batman movie yes, yes then yes. there's double and yeah oh yeah cuz will Arnett's in the lego movie as well of course <laughs> and yeah will like Arnett, the will yeah will Arnett's in this as well isn't he he plays mm. like Slate. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which, like, for ages, I was like, "Why is Batman not talking?" And I was like, "Oh, of course." And then I heard Will Arnett's voice, and I was like, "Oh, that's why," because he 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 doesn't. Why? No, he does speak. Oh, because Batman does speak because it's the voice of Jimmy Kimmel for yes. some reason. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I loved. It was like, yeah, the. The voice casting for the the big DC heroes is really random, and I appreciate that. Is it Halsey as um... Halsey, um, little Yakti? Who I actually don't know what, who that is. Oh, little little Yachty. Um, yeah, Yachty. Is, sorry. Is, no, is is. Oh yeah, yacht. Sorry, little. That makes sense now. So, yeah, some, so old. No, don't worry. Sometimes <laughs> known to the to the kids as little boat uh, is. Little boat. One of these rappers who just will say something like, "I've got some money, I've got a lot," is is very very much uh, one of those. So I guess, again, very bizarre casting because the the demographic for this film probably wouldn't really like know his music that well because it's very profane, but at the same time. Oh, yeah. kids! Are, kids are yeah, kids! Yeah, 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 yeah. Kids are listening to Little Yachty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course they are. <laughs> I'm, I'm more confused as well. Would they be listening to Halsey? I feel like Halsey is more like 
cool like i'm a cool pop star i don't know i <laughs> i'm so old but hey i know who jimmy kimmel is so yeah and Chris- <laughs> that's what what's the what's the the person who who likes little <laughs> halsey uh and also J- big fan of jimmy kimmel that's that's that person it's a very weird venn diagram right i just yeah i guess mm. i guess the center of that is maybe two people or they just spread a net going we need something for all the family here we need we need to get like stroppy teenage son on board little yachty we need we need dad on board jimmy kimmel jimmy kimmel we need we need we need we need, we need the daughter on board halsey or, or little yachty again all of these can be interchangeable the mum um i don't trying to think Kristen we're, bell Kristen bell yeah Mom if we yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah or, or or even will arnett she might be like a very a very very gruff sexy voice uh which like i recently saw a will arnett uh, advert he's recently done for DMC. Have you have you seen this circulating on on the internet? I it's, have not. It's it's very it's very bizarre. Of all of all of his like kind of, I guess in the states he is the voice of DMC. Uh, the car. I think they do cars. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not very sure. A lot of, all that's come into my mind when I say DMC is Run DMC, but I don't think he's the voice of Run DMC somehow. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Just, just, just the point that Will Arnett's doing some, doing some weird voice acting. <laughs> hey, he's getting those coins. Exactly. It's important. Well, Will Arnett to thrive. So, um, on to my yeah. It's probably best to wrap this up because, um, well, I'm not sure about you, but I, I definitely need something something to eat. It's been it's been a long day. Uh, mm. Would would you recommend people to watch this? I think it's evidently. Oh my god! Me. Yes, <laughs> watch it right now. I'm I'm almost baffled how this hasn't reached like streaming platforms yet. Like I I I bought it and take take more of my money because it was it was fan fan fantastic so good. That's the thing. To... It's too it's too good for the streaming platforms. Yes. No no, this is you got to pay the big bucks to see the masterpiece that is Teen Titans go to the movies. Ah, oh, another yeah, because I, I believe this has like has been shown on. Um, cartoon network at some i'm not sure in which format whether they've broken it down or something but uh, the cinematic release weirdly had um like dedicated to uh free free rappers in the like who had passed away that that year were like originally in in the titles it gave that it gave them like a in memoriam but since going on to, um, like the yeah the, oh, there's uh, weird to get rid of it. Yeah, you very, very, it yeah. And then be like, yeah, actually, time's but, up. <laughs> but but again, yeah, a very a very very bizarre choice in that, uh, <laughs> like, they are, they are again like, uh, I think it's Little Peep, Craig Mack, and I'm trying. Oh, Little Peep. 
Yeah, and so, so, so I'm guessing because the show like does. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Does the show have a lot of rap in it? Because there's a, a, some amount of rap in the yeah, in the movie. Yeah, Maybe not... it's a tribute to be like. We like that Thank rap. You to the people, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like, so- we realize we have appropriated this genre <laughs> for this kids' movie about superheroes. So. Well, I did. I thought at some well, at some point, just listening to like the songs in that, I, I I thought like, oh, do the do the like guys from the Lonely Island have anything to do with this? Because it has almost that sensibility, obviously without the the, the crudeness that those guys go for. But like the songs, like had a flavor of like that to it if yeah i feel like i've noticed quite a lot of um quite recently in the past couple of years quite a lot of um kids animation movies have had like rappers at the end Mm. which i guess like makes sense because you're just kind of picking up whoever's popular at the moment and uh, you know inevitably people in the top 10 are gonna be like rappers are such going to be such huge names for kids watching so that i guess yes probably it it's just like those names now they probably use their music on the show i would have guessed yeah well there's um that's not a new phenomenon obviously like being a child of the 90s that was that was every film had a uh a very specific uh type of rap at the end which would be a rap that kind of wrapped up the whole story whether it be mm. uh teenage mutant ninja turtles or the adams family values had a very like inspired rap at the end of it that kind of just retold the plot points point for point like obviously will smith with the men in black uh which like, song he did at the end credits of aladdin I absolutely lost my mind because <laughs> there's a will smith rap at the end of the new aladdin oh, wow. and it was all worth it just for that i'm so happy well that's something i haven't seen so I'm don't watch be... the movie just skip to the end <laughs> to the credits <laughs> and you get a new will smith rap and uh, it's great perfect well i'm going to go over to disney plus right now and do that uh i'd like to say thank you so much for joining me today clarice thank you um how best yeah do you have anything that you'd like to to plug at all or like let let the let, let listeners know how they can get in touch with you or anything like not in a yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not in a weird way like <laughs> But don't, don't send me mean emails about Teen Titans Go the movies because I will insta block you. If anyone comes on my timeline and says something mean about this movie, insta block. Um, but yeah, I usually post everything that I do on my Twitter, so that's just at Clarice Lou, which was me trying to type my full name in, and then I ran out of space. So just start typing my name in, and then when you stop, that'll be me. And there we have it, guys. Another conversation, another Nick Cage not a fan. Clarice is not a fan of Nick Cage. And that's the joy about this conversation. And probably the joy of my kind of pig-headedness. But I, I'm a fan of that person. Let's get them on the podcast. Let's let's find out and kind of... Uh, but also, 
a true testament to the fact that Nick Cage does possibly have a film for everyone. Maybe it's an animated kids film where he's hardly in it. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> but please do be sure to check out everything that Clarice is doing. She's a fantastic journalist. Uh, I wouldn't say this to her face because it's awkward, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> but uh, obviously, hopefully she's listening back. If you are listening back, Clarice, you are a fantastic journalist. Um, yeah, uh, keep up to date with all her stuff over on The Independent. Obviously, follow her on Twitter at Clarice Lou, as she said uh, in the conversation. And check out the next Supremes. Uh, the time that this is out, they are on Coven. So they are deep into talking about witches and New Orleans and all that goodness, uh, which is perfect for Nicolas Cage, a man who has a massive affinity to New Orleans, seeing as he has a burial plot already planned out in the fine city of new orleans already i feel like he would have been a welcome audition addition more like to the cast of american horror story coven uh, i've had now both yeah both hosts of that on the podcast you can if you enjoyed this one go back and listen to the conversation about dying of the light and dark with anna boyagutska from the final girls and obviously uh the next supremes uh, again fantastic conversation with um a fantastic film journalist and yeah uh a film fan who just a uh, creative mind i think is the word i'm looking for bloody hell kind of said mind a bit loud there but if you feel that me and clarice were too nice to this film if you thought it was a bit of trash obviously this came out in cinemas and was sprung upon the world in close proximity to spider-man into the spider-verse which we will be covering soon on this podcast but yeah if we were too kind and you disagree please do get in contact with the podcast caged in pod at gmail.com to drop me an email and do some long form well, i yeah send me an email I, the, I recently got an email uh somebody thinking i was Nicholas Cage and asked me to go visit them and their aunties because they're all massive fans particularly of the film Pay the Ghost uh, I told them I wasn't Nicholas Cage and their response was well do you know how to get in contact with Nicholas Cage unfortunately I don't otherwise he would certainly I would have certainly reached out and asked him to be a guest on this podcast you can obviously follow the podcast on social media, which is all at Caged in Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as Letterboxd, where you can kind of get sneak peeks as to what will be covered on the podcast in coming weeks. Obviously, it's not that hard to do so at the moment, as I am <laughs> uh going through his career in chronological order but obviously this won't be what the podcast is forever there is something exciting on the horizon uh, which you will all know about by the end of the year as well as that you obviously get a kind of idea through my rating what kind of episode will it be will it be two people or one person going this is shit or me going this is amazing and arguing with my guest about 
how good or bad the film actually is. Um, and if you would like to support the podcast, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash caged in pod, where for £2 a month, you'll get the episode a week ahead of everybody else. And if you do that right now, you will be able to listen to my conversation about Panos Cosmotis' 2018 film, Mandy, with the fantastic David Mills. And there is plenty more to come with the Patreon page in the future. I'm just trying to work out a few little things and kind of get all my ducks in order before I launch it fully. But yeah, you can also support the podcast by heading over to cagedinpodcast.limitedrun.com to get a fantastic Tim Hornsby designed Superman caged in art print. Uh, They're limited to 100 there is a unique Nick Cage quote on the back. They're all hand numbered by me, myself, and I write all the quotes on the back and you get a cool little kind of wallet sized business card with that fantastic artwork on there as well. So head on over to that, get one of those. All of it helps to keep the lights on over here at Caged In. And apart from that, I look forward to to speaking to you next week when i'll have my conversation with david mills as i mentioned talking about the divisive mandy so as always guys i have been petrus pat syllabus i have been caged in you have been amazing catch you next week bye bye This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Droop Town Limery Main, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.